never experienced loss because I've never had a loved one to lose. But what is grief, if not love persevering? Welcome back to Disney Marvels for week of March 14th, 2021. This is episode 126. Disney Marvels, the show about Disney, Marvel, Lucasfilm, Muppets, Pixar, 20th Century, the parks, and much, much more. If it has to do with Disney, it's fair game. I'm your host, Matthew Graken. So I put out the, the sad news about the Disney stores closing an additional 20% of their stores worldwide. And unfortunately, my local store is one of those. So this is something that hits home for me. And I may just do an episode dedicated to this. We'll see. There's plenty of episodes ahead. So I, I put a poll out there on the Twitter, as I do. And this one was... Is the Disney store nearest to you closing? And will you miss it? The choices being closing and will miss it. Closing will not miss it. Closed a while ago, not closing. So a fair amount of you responded. And thankfully, nobody, 0%, nobody said closing and will not miss it. I, and I'm glad to hear that. Because if it was closing and you weren't going to miss it, well, we won't go there. 14% though said it closed a while ago. Which is which is sad news and we know that's happened. Between uh, the sale to Children's Place and then repurchased by Disney, not every store came back. They closed a lot of the stores at that time. And the company went through, the Disney store went through a lot of changes. And then changes since then. And unfortunately, there's been closings since that time. 15% um, though said not closing. And to that 15%, I am, I am glad, I'm happy for you. Cherish these moments because unfortunately, I don't see a bright future for the Disney store going much much further into the future um it just feels like the writing is on the wall hopefully several several more years or these stores hold on for another decade or or longer hopefully longer hopefully for a very very long time but with how things are now it is unfortunately not looking very good which leaves 71%. 71% of you said your stores are closing and you'll miss them. And I have to agree. Like I said, unfortunately, my store is closing too and definitely going to miss it. I posted some pictures on social media of the outside of the store. Whenever um, 
I got in, there wasn't much of a line, but later on in the day, I was walking through the mall, and there was a line that extended from the front of the Disney store. They they had to stop due to capacity, you know, with, with times being the times, and the the line of people extended. Now these people may or may not have been social distancing. We we won't say, but they extended three or more stores down from the Disney store. So that was it's quite a line. I mean, there was a, probably a good. 25 people probably in line more maybe more in line to get into the disney store to say their goodbyes and take advantage of the sales but to say their goodbyes and you know visit this this little piece of disney magic in their local town or near home so like i said this may be an upcoming episode we shall see a lot of things on the drawing board but until that time, let me know what your if you know your Disney store. Post some pictures. I want to hear your Disney store stories, any fond memories, fond experiences, character meetings, magical experiences by cast members. If you have those cast members' names, let me know, because I want to give pay them the credit that they are due. And um, hey, on that sad note, switch of topics. This upcoming episode. Isaac and I are doing our WandaVision review. If you have not finished watching WandaVision, let's take a moment, stop here, come back to the episode once you do, because we, we, we don't exactly hold back. We don't say anything too crazy, but we don't hold back either. So, just to avoid any spoilers, let's pause the recording here, pause, pause the pod, and get back whenever you finish. For everyone else, Enjoy the show, because we'll be back after these brief messages from our friends and sponsors. Hey Matthew, Jim Hill here. I do the Marvelous Disney Podcast with Aaron Adams over at the Jim Hill Media Podcast Network. I know, I know, very humble sounding name. Uh, anyway, I really enjoy what you've been doing over on the Disney Marvels podcast. Uh, but as you probably already noticed, the Marvel Us Disney and the Disney Marvels podcast names are very, very similar. Which is why I imagine I keep getting mail for you. Um, that's actually why I'm calling today. I wanted to know what you'd like me to do with all of these Yankee Candle catalogs. Uh, so uh, please get back to me. Uh, oh, and uh, keep up the great work with the Disney Marvels podcast. Thank you for those kind words, Jim. And make sure to check out Jim Hill on the Marvel Us Disney podcast with Aaron Adams to find out all sorts of wonderful things about Disney, well, Marvel, uh, particularly what's going on with them. And Jim, uh, those catalogs, I'll make sure to give you the forwarding address. And uh, unless if you want to order something, go right ahead. And once again, make sure to check out Marvel Us Disney with Jim Hill and Aaron Adams, wherever you find or listen to your podcasts. And now, on with the show. It's too late to fix anything, now that everything has gone wrong. It's too Agatha, Naughty Agatha. Love it or hate it. There's been... They just finished up on Disney Plus WandaVision. Marvel's first... Marvel's, Marvel Studios 
first foray into a television series, live streaming series, however you want to call it. But it is historic because, again, it's Marvel Studios' first step into it. Some people loved it. Some people didn't care for it. They gave up after the first two episodes. Someone who I never give up after the first two episodes is Isaac, who has joined me again to break down Marvel's first attempt. And I'm not going to say too much just yet because I want you to keep listening through the end of the show. First attempt at a, a series. And Isaac, you're the best series that I've seen in a while. How are you doing? Three episodes in a row. This is fantastic. Yeah, man, you know, it, it, again, it takes three episodes for me to kind of get going because I tend to be a little bit boring. But once I hit the fifth episode, it's when everything starts to get clicked in. So, yeah, stay around. <laughs> <laughs> but, no, thank you for having me on here, man. And it's been good, dude. It's been fantastic. Yeah, but WandaVision, man, it's uh, Disney's kind of first array in terms of the MCU property. In kind of doing this kind of interesting television, uh, whatever we call it, maybe it's a full series, a mini series. It hasn't yet to be determined, particularly with WandaVision. But um, uh, overall, I would probably have to say it's right off the bat, it's been pretty good success. Yeah, it's um, the initial terms that they were using was limited series, but you know what? What does that mean? Um, even Feige now is going well. Maybe they'll be back. Maybe they won't. I mean, were the I heard that the um, viewership was it was like the number one in January is the number one streamed show over Soul over um, one of the Netflix series. I forget the name of it, but yeah, it's uh, it, it did really well um, and became talk of the town. And uh, got people speculating and thinking and overanalyzing, underanalyzing, you know, looking at things at different angles and getting them wrong. Maybe a couple people got it right. Yeah. And, you know, you know, earlier what we said of, uh, before in terms of how the series started, I, I mean, I have to honestly admit, again, this was something new that uh, Disney and Marvel in terms of the MCU was doing in terms of foray of being able to. A change up how you saw uh, the MCU uh, IP as a whole because for a while, you know, Kevin Feige and Disney, you know, at, in terms of the films were able to just to hit, they found this recipe of success and were able to duplicate it. Uh, that being said, there is reason after what pumping out 20, 25 of these films that, you know, the same formula, even though these were different movies spread out for the course of like 10, 10 years, 10, 20 years, uh, you know, that formula can get a little bit stale. So, you know, in terms of then now hopping into a world of television, uh, I think it's a great way where maybe now they can kind of you know, they've now kind of earned, you know, the credit and the faith of the audience to maybe be able to try to experiment with a little bit here and, you know, be able to take characters that didn't get so much uh, uh, screen time on these films and be able to kind of develop them in more of a smaller, in a smaller limited series role. And I think that's where we come with WandaVision in, you know, taking the one of Wanda Maxivoff person, you know, we last saw her in the at the Avengers of, of, of Endgame, and you kind of just see this kind of grieving 
a woman, you know, basically lost vision and to kind of go through this interesting journey where she, you know, creates this basically this alternate reality for herself and to kind of picture the and and it was kind of a very interesting way of how it was structured because it was kind of in her mind it was kind of her displaying her grief in the process of grief anger denial and eventually we get to that season finale which was basically upset acceptance of just be able just to to just just to kind of be able to remember but to be able to let go and move on and move, move forward and move forward and become a better person for it i mean i don't think we've seen particularly in the the mcu in the marvel cinematic universe a more tortured character than wanda um, yeah. everyone's had their little you know moments their their baggage their things that you know make them more human which i think is something that marvel does so well with their characters is that they they make their their human first and then they give them their powers um where some of the other ones are they're you know, always you got these super things and whatnot but the human side i think is what for me is always sold the the marvel characters and in particular like i said with the marvel cinematic universe we haven't seen a character i mean and i wrote about this initially before the show started um is you know she's lost her parents she's lost her brothers she's lost her love you know the, if a normal person was to be put through this they would have been you know completely just you know they would have just shut down and break down and this is literally what we see happen to wanda is that except you know she's got these powers so you know that goes to the nth degree but anyone else would have kind of done something like this you know you there is cases for people you know, with mental health issues who've been through such traumas of creating a world within their head and then just living in that sometimes just forever. Yes. No, and I, and I totally understand that in this whole situation, which is uh, very, very difficult in the way that it's almost set up. It's it's basically very interesting in how that, you know, it's, it's, it's set up in this world where you know like like you said that you know she needed this some people can get lost in their head in terms of trying to create a universe and not want to deal with realities of of going through that whole process is which we saw her and we we see that through her own eyes and and her way of grieving and through that is we get the the interesting journey through the sitcom era where you know, as the series goes on, you understand where she she's gone in that mindset of you know what the ideal of almost in a weird way living the American dream through this sitcom universe that she's created, um, and and in reluctance of that kind of putting an incomplete uh, in the town in hostage and just to be able to live out this alternate reality. Uh, separated from the rest of the world it's it, it's a very interesting way and in how these writers kind of took upon that which i thought was uh again you know for a while was it just a little bit slow you really didn't understand what was going on but once it kind of really got picked up in tunes of the marvel side of things i think that's when the show really got better um you know i think it, and I, I think where i will admit well i'll i'll give a little bit of um 
there's a couple of not, uh, a couple of uh, not negative points, but a little interesting points that I'll, I'll probably mention. I think um, if my big nod for that would just be how um, I, I don't think they really did a great job explaining or showing the, the, the levels of denial and grief that maybe could have been better resonated in terms of certain fan bases. Yeah. Uh, I, I think they could have done a little bit better job of just explaining that moving forward, and I think that's kind of where a lot of the issues of the third episode, even when it, when you really got to, I want to say, was it episode seven where Wanda, where about basically got to the modern family, uh, basically to the two thousands of, mm-hmm. of television sitcom. And episode seven was the modern family one, yeah, where she was kind of going through state of depression. Um, I, I felt like that was probably the more clear sign of this is the steps that she was going through until we finally got to the two episodes of, of uh, almost uh, once we got to the season finale of acceptance um, and then a little bit of acceptance and to uh, episode eight. But I feel like they, may, they could have done a better job of showing that grief process a little bit better. Oh, yeah. Uh, they, um, they they brought it up several times, but yeah, they, I don't think they focused on it as much as they could have. I don't know if that's just a matter of just trying to keep a, a slightly um, less heavy tone to the show. I, you know, but then again, you see uh, zombies, so yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah, you see people shot up and whatnot. So yeah, I, I'm not sure. Or it's just uh, just a matter of the writers just unintentionally did this and just never really, really thought that aspect through. But you have episode eight, which focused completely on the tragedies that she's seen and dragging her through it again, which kind of helped again. I I would think helped her in coming to terms. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know, Agatha kind of uh, brought her to terms with everything and in. in um, you know, made her realize that you know, these things have happened, but you can move forward. You can, yeah. you know, rise above all of this. Um, yeah, it, uh, that's one of the things that Feige said, and I know I've said this before, but I'll bring it up again because he said there is something comforting in these old sitcoms that it, it is kind of that American dream, and just kind of that, you know idealistic family type of situations particularly the older ones um you know just where everything wraps up you know you you wake up in the morning something happens and it's resolved by the end of the show when everyone's happy you know we we know that's not how life is but that's how it's portrayed on on the television shows of those days because it was just supposed to be meant for light entertainment just to escape and that's what wanda was doing it was light entertainment. It was, and it was a means for her to escape, and 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 it was a happy place for her because, as we found out, those were happy memories for her. Um, That's simple. I think it avoided a lot, like you said, a lot of conflict, like you said, right. reality. Right. Um. I, I did as I, you know, as mentioned to you, I did a little bit of rewatching. I rewatched the first two episodes because it's been so long since I've seen them, and. uh you know, everyone got fixated on the calendar in the, the first episode where they had the heart on the 23. Everyone, okay, what's the significance with the 23? 
Um, one thought is, is that it's a nod to D23, uh, the um, Disney 23 uh, number that pops up every so often. But as I sent to you, the picture of the top of the calendar being that it is a girl sitting in a room by herself and underneath the cap, you know, with the television caption is all she needs is a color television, which I think actually sums up intentionally or unintentionally Wanda when she was younger and stuff. All she needed was that television. That's what she looked forward to. That's kind of what her made her day. And it it just kind of remarkably draws that line there. I again I don't know if it's intentional or unintentional. With Marvel, we have to assume just about everything is intentional. Yeah, and and, and Marvel, you know, does a really fun job of sprinkling these little Easter eggs as well as these swerves in terms of getting people to really uh to really kind of let their imaginations run wild. You know, throughout this entire series, you know, um, hopefully by everybody known, and spoiler warning, if you haven't had the opportunity to watch WandaVision, Vision, uh, you've been forewarned. Uh, you know, a quick, uh, a certain character, uh, uh, Quicksilver from the Fox, what we thought would have been for the Fox universe, makes a grand appearance, only to learn that it was some just a bogus actor with just the face of a. Uh, Famous uh, speeds are renewed from the Fox division of things, but it just kind of shows you just the creative power and uh, how these writers are now be able to kind of use the full force of, of what Marvel has given them to uh, be able to create these interesting nods and 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 these little uh, Easter eggs, even with the bunny, Mister uh, I forgot the, the name of the bunny, Mister Scratches, Mister Scratches, which was supposed to be Mephisto. I think that was Mephisto's original name under Mister Scratches. I, I don't I, that I didn't look up, but a lot of people kept on you know the rabbit is somebody there's something with the rabbit, especially since there was that connection between the the rabbit and the the postal worker. There was some sort of connection there, and I. The problem that with WandaVision, and I, I, I'm sure I've said this before, is that even though the series has ended now, for all intents and purposes, we don't have all the answers because at this point, as of now, we would be getting Doctor Strange to the Multiverse of Madness and leading everything into that. Mm-hmm. So we would have gotten more answers and, and whatnot. Speaking of which, happy St. Patrick's Day, everybody. Um, but yeah, so we would have been getting some of more, you know, possibly more information now that in some of these things that we may not have answers or, or some things that we suspected may start showing up there, but we now have to wait at least a year, maybe longer. Yeah, no, I, I and I totally agree. Uh, in terms of, we, yeah, and I and I guess we're gonna eventually see more into multitude of madness. But however, we are gonna get more of a glimpse later this uh, this winter when uh, Spider Man drops out because that's really when we get to see Doctor S, uh, Doctor Strange again, kind of take over the yeah. whole. 
situation. Uh, another interesting point I wanted to add was just um, I think I'm still confused in how magic is how, how was how magic is introduced into the world of Marvel because I know within the world of Marvel they do a really good job at least explaining things and we understand where Thor comes from where they we can make uh, understand that it's not really magic for Thor it's more their version of science yeah. That it gets translated into the world. It's 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 a lot more differently, you know. Through the mostly through the that first arc, that first phase, it was basically everybody trying to uh, duplicate the the um, the uh, the super serum for uh, the super soldier uh, serum. Um, so you went through gamma radiation. Uh, Tony Stark went through robotics. Um, you, you you saw all these completely different forms in trying to create the, the superhuman, and you you saw all of these different evolutions that eventually come to, but all of them were formed under the banner of science. Even with Thor, all of them were formed under the banner of science. Uh, magic, however, we still really don't understand exactly how it's integrated in the world of marvel and i understand that we've had dr strange but even dr strange really doesn't dive into exactly where magic comes from in terms of no. so i i'm still confused exactly how they explain magic and how it, it, it all of a sudden exists and most importantly how why was it kept so quiet so long in the events of marvel until dr strange popped up because even then I know the ancient ones probably exist longer, but you know that the magic was from Salem, Massachusetts, because of the same witch trials and stuff like that. Um, I think that's something that still hasn't been yet explored. I don't know. Maybe they'll do it through uh, the Spider-Man movie, or we'll have to wait into the realm of uh, of Doctor Strange. But yeah, I, I'm still a little confused about how that works. Yeah, and I'm trying to think of with the upcoming projects if there's any others besides Doctor Strange 2 that delve into the magical world at all, other than, I mean, Blade, you could possibly go there, but not so much. Um, and that's a long, long way off. Yeah, but, but even then with Blade, it feels like that's doing with more super, um, uh, not supernatural. I, I guess, yeah, yeah, I guess yeah, it's supernatural. Natural element of things, and that is also has to be another weird. How how does Marvel explain that, and where, and how that's been hiding within all the big events that have led up to Thanos and Endgame and and and, and all that stuff. So, it, it's, it's you know it, it's this is going to be very tricky. How Marvel's it's going to be interesting and very interesting how they incorporate all of that. You know, between mutants, the supernatural element, and magic, which they still haven't really said much it just kind of said magic has existed here within the realm of science yeah it's it's there but now it's i mean initially at age of ultron it was gifted to them through the uh the mind stone now they're kind of backpedaling on that and saying well yes but she kind of actually had that all along the mind stone just yeah urged it to come out again yeah it, it, <sighs> Which is, again, confusing in terms of how that, that all works out. Well, and I, I, and I think it, it's as simple as this, I believe. And not that it's an explanation, but you know, Marvel is so expansive. Um, and like you said, they've made, what, 23-some movies now over 10 years? That I don't think they ever foresaw getting to this point. So they, you, know, you start with a nice little package and you start on tacking on things and tacking on things. At some point, 
when you're trying to bring in these other uh, pieces of the puzzle that is the you know the comic world of uh, Marvel and trying to explain where some of this stuff has come from it's you have to do a lot of backpedaling and at some point it's just like you just have to do the almighty oh it was there we just never knew it type of thing which doesn't make people happy but you gotta look forward and not worry about back as much but uh yeah it's uh i think marvel's getting to that point now now that they've gotten control of a lot more of their ip that they're going oh oh man uh yeah, so it, that was really there all along in the background, and we just didn't focus on it. But yeah, that that was like again, everyone's wondering how they're going to introduce the mutants. Yeah, you know, I thought they lost an opportunity here that they could have naturally uh, brought them in, but which I I still don't think they have because through that realm. Um, again, I don't think we're going to get mutants through over the time, but again, you could kind of use the hex in, as a form that the people, or how many people that were trapped in, in that town could have been infected, like the same way that happened with uh, Monica Rambo, uh, how her how her DNA, her basically her molecules got rearranged and to fit to become a, you know, basically become an Avenger right there in front of our eyes. Right. Um, uh, you can almost say that even though they didn't, they they didn't travel back and forth through the hex, them staying there long enough in an alternate rally could have, you know, now that they're going to be re- reintegrated into technically our Earth or our world, um, you you have to wonder what that does to them during the years, and maybe it affects them a lot more differently than what was created so I, I i still think what wanda has done is going to have tons of re, like they, they already mentioned it's going to have tons of repercussion uh, moving forward f- moving moving forward in the world of the mcu and she could have been the mother who basically starts mutants in that form of way it's yeah. just we won't get x-men maybe it, 10 more films down the road once you know everything else is done with this different set um, yeah, they're more focused on trying to integrate Fantastic Four before yeah. they haven't even touched on mute, uh, the mutants and X-Men. I think that is way down there, uh, yeah. far yeah. down their agenda at this point. And, yeah. Probably because we've had so much exposure to it already. Yeah. It, it's, yeah. Why uh, Why bother? No, I agree. Um, yeah, and speaking of, I, w- I wanted to bring up, um, yeah, not only did they say that this one, but a lot of these shows are going to have ramifications within the entire MCU for, you know, films yeah. and, and stuff to come. And even things will happen in the, the series, transition to a movie, and possibly back to another series. So you, it, you're going to, it's just going to have a snowball effect. I agree. Like, uh, you agree. know, uh, Teona. That I'm going to butcher her name, so I'm not even going to say Monica's character. That you know, what are they going to do with her? Because she is, you know, she was technically the second Miss Marvel. Mm-hmm. You her. know, when they introduced her in the '80s, yeah. and then you know she progressed, and she's been known by many different names. Obviously, this seems like a character that's going to be sticking around. Yeah, you know, being that Nick Fury's calling for her. Yeah. yeah, it's been such a long path between 
you know, could, she could have grown up from the 90s all the way up to now, you know, and how they're going to span onto that, into that film series. I think it's going to be great. Uh, you know, here's another interesting thing. Um, what, in terms of how you view Wanda Maxifos' character, do you still see her as the hero in this, or is she still kind of the villain in a way? Because I think you can make two grand arguments uh, that she could be still the villain throughout this whole situation, just in terms of how, you know unintentionally creating in this world but keeping the people in bay you know mm-hmm. not able to be able to escape and on top of that basically sharing her grief with these townspeople to the point that they wanted to basically die <laughs> they didn't want to live anymore because they didn't want to feel her pain that much you know uh, what's your take on that? Do you, do you still do you still see her as a hero even throughout the ways that she progressed through this? In a way, it's selfish too, if you think about it. Yeah, in the in the traditional sense of a hero, like Captain America or um, Thor, you know, in in that traditional sense. No, at this point, she is diverted from that, but she's not the villain. She's actually more an anti-hero at this point. Hmm. Because in the end, she was the one, you know, there was another entity, uh, you know, calling, you know, Agnes, um, Agatha, you know, uh, being the more true villain that she was manipulating things beyond uh, Scarlet Witch's, uh, which I'm, I'm, I'm happy that we could finally call her Scarlet Witch. Instead of just Wanda, um, calling you know, manipulating things even further behind the scenes and doing stuff to be to make Wanda, you know, do certain actions or create certain things. So, um, you know, you watch, particularly if you you think back to a lot of Agatha's actions, she was again, she was there the whole entire time, she was showing up. She was directing Wanda. Yeah. Um, when the twins were born, she's spraying this stuff on them. She's, oh, yeah, it's this common calomel stuff. And who knows, you know, as far as we know, and they never got into this. It could have been some sort of spell thing that she was putting on them to, to make them do stuff. Um, anytime they, they grew up or matured or something was in her presence. So there was a lot of manipulation from her part. Um, to control Wanda interactions. I mean, Wanda, you know, was she in the right the whole time uh, taking this whole town in, uh, happy to say, New Jersey? Um, under control? No. But, again, if you look at more of the trope of the anti-hero instead of the hero, that explains this better. You know, the, are the uh, actions and the morals correct with the character the whole time? No. But their underlying actions are always for, at least in in the general terms, there is a, a a better arc or their ending point usually ends up in the in the better place than where a villain's ending arc would typically want to end up. Yeah, um, it's yeah. No, your take. 
Uh, yeah, it's 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 just kind of interesting. I guess you could say she was a bit of an anti-hero, though. However, again, um, at the end of the day, you know, you it, it's still in a way her responsibility and just be able to put in 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 her grief and and, and I admit it's, it was un, unintentionally that within her power she put all these people in, in the predicament that they were be able to go in and I think that even though that act of hardness may have still uh, may have still maybe tried to manipulate in, in her quest to figure out where she got her power which again still having known it, it still was her selfishness in terms of through grief and selfishness that she didn't want to let go of that that grip of 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 her reality and and brought innocent people into the mix so yeah i think you can say that in a way throughout when you know the outside between you know who's the douchebag and sword and 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 monica rimo fighting for her uh for basically fighting for her innocence that you could say that both people were right in, in, the, in the situation. And even Wanda, you know, a.k.a. Scarlet Witch, has come to acknowledge that, that, yeah, I played a, I, I played a, a role into, in, 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 in hopes of trying to cure myself. I, I end up ruining the lives of, of, of other people. You know, I put them through, through so much torment that you have to believe that, uh, they're going to be traumatized moving forward. <laughs> you know? yeah. It's it's going to be traumatizing for these these people to kind of move forward. Um, uh, another interesting thing I want to talk about is the idea, of, and, and it was actually another interesting thing about the the blimp, uh, how people are kind of returning back into the fold. Uh, it is very interesting how in Spider Man. Um, um, uh, 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 oh, uh, the seat, the second version of Spider-Man, Disney's MCU. Far from home, yeah. Far from home, they kind of showed the comedic side to the blimp, and how everybody's just kind of popping back in random game. However, you, um, in that hospital scene, you you just you know was Rambo coming back into the fold, and all of a sudden these patients popping back. You kind of see the horror aspect of just kind of re disappearing for five years and just popping back out of nowhere like it was nothing. I like, thought that was a fantastic scene, and and the cinematic on how it was handled because you would just have people showing you know someone's walking and someone all of a sudden appears right in front of them and they bump into each other it's just mass chaos it's pure panic and and then think about taking it from another level like think about people popping up say they were on a plane say they were going to other places and now magically they disappeared and then pop up like that's that's horrible now think about five years you're gone and you pop up say in the middle of the sky out of nowhere yeah <laughs> that that is a nightmare. That's like the, the, the reality. Like like again, I I think that moment shows you like an instant glimpse of reality of coming back from from a nightmare only to be in other weird nightmares. I think like for your body to manifest in places maybe say say there wasn't even a building there, man. What if you manifest into a wall or something like that? That is just the nutty creepiness of 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 of, of the reality of, of a situation like that. Yeah, and that that they you know, and I thought they handled it well to give us a little more of the reality versus 
um, far from home did was like you said it was kind of more of the meat again, but this this was a little harsher reality, you know, and you get to see it through through Monica's eyes of yeah again we know that as far as they knew it was seconds yeah, and she's talking to this doctor who'd been there the whole time and the doctor's like no this was five years what are you going on about this was five years ago, and. Monica trying to come to terms with that. Yeah, the the the, the trauma within that. Yeah, is, is heartbreaking to come. Yeah, exa- exactly. Just to, to be able to rationalize what just happened, because again, you disappeared, literally in a snap from a snap. Yeah. You know. Yeah, I I think she's going to be a very fun character to to watch going forward. I I, I like what the actress has brought to yes. brought to her. Um, I like how they've treated her and, you know, we, we have so much more to learn from this character moving forward. And, um, you know, with the, the sword, um, I, I was afraid they were going to do another, um, shield Hydra type of scenario. A shield was actually Hydra hiding all along. I was thinking, okay, great. Now sword's going to be aimed because they were, to me, it was heading in that direction. Yeah, but the, it, it sounds the weapons and stuff, and but it was just one rogue, um, one rogue director that was doing this. Yeah, out of her, out of his own ambition. But I don't know. It, it seems like because Shield is no more in in the MCU in terms of the the show in terms of how it's placed. So one has to believe that Sword is kind of now taking place of New Shield after yeah. events, because again, Shield basically took care of just the domestic earthling stuff but now after the events of endgame it's clear that there you can no longer be the shield you might have to be more aggressive in terms of how now the rest of the the rest of the universe has now been effective and now they've kind of expanded it so it would make sense that nick fury uh would take in would take into more of a liking and would now think the next level in terms of intergalactic threats and move away from being the shield and start to be a lot more aggressive in terms of the rest of the world, against the rest of the universe and any galactic threats that might be moving forward. Um, I mean, he's employing what scrolls, so I mean, yes. uh, Kree. Against the Kree, which we still don't know exactly where they are. And I know in the comic books right now, it's they, they flipped everything right now, but you know, you part of me feels like the Kree may end up turning down the road and because they, they have secret wars set up. I was going to say they have the announced secret wars. So I, you know, I, that wouldn't surprise me that, you know, again, does Nick Fury, his own ambitions make him blind to what's going on behind his back. That could be it. Uh, there's a lot of layers and a lot of layers and situations like that. Um, uh, a couple of other things I want to touch on um, before. Uh, now that uh, an interesting take, um, Wanda now has a very interesting book. Um, uh, I for, uh, which uh, I, for, I forgot the name of the book. Uh, the book, uh, it's the book of the, you know. Uh, yeah, they're, they're saying it. There's no at no point did they actually say, and I, I don't remember it either because it's such a funky name that it's that particular book. I but think that's the, is the book. I think they didn't mention the book. It's the one that's missing from the sanctum. Yes, they, they didn't mention it. The Darkhold. Yeah, that's it. The the, the Darkhold. 
Uh, yeah, it's it's it, it, there was like you said there was a book missing from the sanctum, and that could probably be the book probably one of the reasons why Doctor Strange is probably trying to track down where Wanda is, and why you know that idea of being an antihero where clearly and again spoil warnings for people that haven't watched WandaVision that there was another cutscene at the end of her reading into the Darkhold which everybody knows in the world anybody who's a big fan of Marvel is a big no-no because of that power of that book even if people don't even get that book it turns people into the worst selves and you're thinking about a person with that kind of power already be right. able to kind of produce that kind of power now learning more about herself within the Darkhold, you have to wonder why Dark Doctor Strange has to come in and try to compete with probably like what Arga, like Artness said, um, a person that's a woman that sort of surpasses the Doctor Strange himself. Like I think that's that's setting up to be that interesting battle between the wits between these two two powerful colossal people in the world of marvel yeah i mean they even they did bring that up in the show and i thought that was you know interesting trope people had this debate about especially after endgame that you know wanda almost took out thanos by herself it wasn't for the fact that he decided to have all the guns on the ship fired down on the to the planet to the battlefield she would have ripped thanos apart by herself so they actually you know uh darcy brings this up into the and i i wonder how darcy knew of that because she wasn't there (laughs) besides the point yeah um so you know setting up that she is probably one of the most powerful beings um around to to have to deal with now giving these extra powers and stuff um, and having her mind open to what's actually going on. How this show, at least to me, how I interpreted um, the explanation of the hex coming around the town wasn't wasn't a conscious decision. It was just a basic mental snap. Because yeah. uh, you saw her, she was in you know where the house was. She had the letter and everything. And that's the point where her, her mind just glitched and snapped. And subconsciously she created this whole event and i think as vision became more aware she became more aware of the situation going on uh and that's when things started falling apart um and then of course agatha getting the whole thing in in there um in manipulating so now that she's more self-aware of her powers and her capabilities that she's you know going out i thought there was an interesting parallel to how going back to another marvel movie ended almost the same way as this movie the incredible hulk has bruce banner training himself that part um yeah what's his name um edward norton edward norton's bruce banner becoming more self-aware of his powers in a log cabin in the middle of the woods and we end this one with Wanda becoming more self-aware in a log cabin in the middle of the woods. Yeah. It's, it's powerful people trying to harness their powers and stuff. Maybe for... Sometimes not for the good. Sometimes no. not for the good. And I think that's kind of 
the setup where not every not all of our favorite heroes are going to be oh it's time for the eventual uh big crossover avengers movie where all characters all together in, in one spot you know and i don't i think certain characters may be antagonists against other marvel characters even their own heroes moving forward for like you said for um for uh agendas that that maybe are selfish and that kind of fit their own at the moment you know right. and i think right. that's kind of the very interesting realm that maybe marvel is starting to evolve into um moving forward we're gonna we're definitely gonna have to see and play into films like that yeah i mean I, i'm not sure if most people are aware that the car- character of scarred which actually started off as a villain yep she was not a hero she was a, a villain, eventually turned hero, but she started off, she was one of the bad guys. Yes. So are we heading to that route now that she is officially Scarlet Witch? Do we now follow that storyline of her being a bad guy and maybe eventually finding her way again to the, the side of good? Yes. Or not? You know, who, we, don't, we don't know. There's so many possibilities in so many different directions that they could go down. Um... On an all hole in hole though, what do, did you like the series? Did you love it? Did you kind of sit okay with it? What was your take on it? And you know, say if you want to give us a rating between one and ten, where would you put that? Um, if, I mean, if we're going to do numerical in terms of one to ten, I, I, I would give the I would give the series a, an eight. Uh, I, I think. Uh, um, yeah, I, th- I think I'll give it a, a straight up eight. I was going to give, I was going to take that back over seven, but I'll give it an eight. I think, uh, I think in terms of what Marvel is trying to do, instead of trying to now uh, break away from a mold, I think uh, these television series are going to give us a little bit of Marvel. But I think whoever hire, I think this, I think the same philosophy that they're that they're attacking their films they're going to try to do in terms of television but be able to bring it a little bit be able to kind of really go and explore more deeper and darker th- uh, themes that maybe they couldn't do in a two-hour movie um in terms of situation like that um and, and stuff like that um but uh I, I think it's it's a fantastic series to start off. It it one again it was a bit of a slow series, but when you got into it, it was a uh, very good and it was interesting. It really kind of got your mind popped up to what MCU is going to be up and up next. Yeah, um, someone said to me that they kind of they did this intentionally, and um, what <laughs> the intentional this was kind of a backlash not a backlash but a sticking to martin scorsese who knocked the mcu and the marvel movies for being you know unimaginative and just high action blow things up type of movies you had very little of that in this this was just pretty much pure story through pretty much eight episodes and that's not to say um at the end the season finale is where the law their 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 budget poured in because i think the entire series was what 25 million overall to make probably for yeah. this for this first season so you know a lot of that budget went into that grand finale in terms of and finding and stuff like that yeah uh, well also paul bentley's face i thought it was a lot of prosthetics no it's mostly cgi um he just wears a purple mask 
bald cap. Um, and he just has the dots on his face and the rest is CGI'd in. That's fantastic. Yeah. yeah I, and that's a lot of money. That's, yeah. That's some coin. Um, but um, I would agree with you. I'd give it an eight. Um, yeah. I, I don't think it necessary earned to go higher um, just because of some of its the rough edges. But I don't feel that it deserved lower than that either. Um, it, it was a slower story, but I think in some ways it's nice to see a slower story and watch it slowly mature and develop in front of you. Yeah, they could have refined it a little better and, and, and changed some of that up to, to speed up the storytelling. But, I mean, it, it was five hours of... Um, of story that really kind of really you got to know these characters so much better than you have even though we've been now watching Wanda since Ultron and how many years ago was that 10 yeah like that so um yeah it, it we've known now know these characters so much better than we have in the past in just this series yeah. And and that's again. So I always like Marvel because you know you get to know the characters, yeah. and this is something you you really got to know Wanda. You got to know Vision more. Whatever's going to become a Vision now as the White Vision. Uh, and that that last scene between the two of them was absolutely heartbreaking to to see her lose Vision for a third time. And now they're, they're kids too. And to, to watch her to lose that, and the the speech that he gave to you know, the peaceful goodbye that she gave to her her kids because I think in her mind, as much as they were her kids, it was a short period of time. But to you know, just watch her come to reality in the grips of losing her new family that she just was given. Yes. Um. Just it it was heartbreaking to watch that yeah i agree i agree and i don't think if we if we had a faster paced beginning i don't think we would have had as much of an impact at the end no no i i i agree i think the importance of of, of slow burning tele of storytelling is, is, is a grand and important and and i think the show does a really great job of doing that uh, one more thing before um, we we head off, I, I figure we we do a fun, interesting thing in terms of a series, and yeah. and I and maybe maybe want to move forward to this when we we do a season finale. Um, let's introduce a, the most va- MVP of the series, and what is this is the most valuable. So I guess the most valuable player or the most valuable actor actress in in, in, in the series. Um, and individually throughout this whole series, who would you give your MVP or MVA, or you could say our our most valuable Marvel character or MVC, whatever? Or we'll figure out the name. But who would you give in terms of the actor, actress you thought was the most compelling throughout this season? Over, um, I'm gonna go. I I want to say like uh, you know. Jimmy or Darcy, um, I, as much as I love that they brought them into it, I'm going to have to go with probably an obvious one on this and say Vision. Um, I think the the story flowed through Vision and the audience 
was brought along with Vision as Vision discovered stuff, you discovered stuff. Paul Bentley's character. Yeah, Paul, Paul Bentley. I think Paul you Bentley. know he really he was a huge, I huge part of it, and I think he shined even above uh, Elizabeth Olsen at times. Interesting. That's very. That's a very interesting pick. Very interesting pick with with Vision. Um, I will give my award to in terms of this season. I think it has to go to none other than Miss Catherine Hahn as Agatha mm. herself. Um, the fact you know it's, it's it's incredible how long she's been in the business and how well she's done. Um, but in, to, to to be able. She to to see her now and how well she was able to conduct herself throughout this interesting web of the different sitcoms moving forward. And the fact that you know she is an actress that you could visibly see in any decade, and the way that she was able to comfortably present herself as the uh, as the neighbor in in a lot of this, and just the, the performance she gave. Throughout this entire season is 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 masterclass and no, none other than phenomenal. Plus, Absolutely. and plus, she didn't make a great pop song that was that charted in and and iTunes for at least the week, I believe. So number one. <laughs> so when you when you give the a, Agatha all along one. Yes. Yeah. yeah. You know you do realize it's that right. all the theme songs for Wandavision and that are the same four notes. Yep. Yes, yes, yeah, and even Agatha, and she, and then she, she landed her voice, her voice for her, for her own, for her own, her own little song, which is great. I, but to have that masterstroke of a class of, of, with Catherine Hahn is, uh, you know, it just once again goes to how well Kevin Feige and 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 the character and the the, the cast and directors go outside the box to find these particular people that you don't think would fit in a typical superhero movie and they just nail it out of the park and they just they because at the end of the day they're allowed to bring themselves into those characters and and it it just pops up so magically so yeah so my nod my nominee goes with Catherine Hong playing another other than Agatha Harkness for this one I will have to put that as this week's uh, poll on Twitter. Is find out okay, what pe- uh, what do the people say? Yes, we haven't figured out the name of this yet. No, <laughs> work in, work in progress. Work in progress. Um, but uh, yeah, I, I yeah, she did a fantastic job, and just goes to what I said. You know, ninety eight percent of the time, Marvel's casting has been so spot on. With who they bring, you know, they, they announce who's going to be playing this character, and most people go, "Wait, who? What? What, what is this person doing in a a comic book movie?" And then you get their performance, and they just have a way to bring it out. She even said, "You know, this is probably one of the best things she's ever done is being in. A, there's nothing like being in a, a Marvel um, production. That it, it was just fantastic." No, I, so. I, I couldn't agree with you more. Yeah, we'll have to come up with a name between now and uh, the five or six episodes of uh, Falcon the Winter Soldier, Soldier, which starts this Friday. Woohoo! Very excited, man. Can't wait. Uh, I can't wait. Can't wait. All righty, Isaac. Thank you again, as always. It's been a pleasure and been fantastic. Thank you, man. Thank you for having me, man. I appreciate it. 
always, always. All right, yeah, we'll talk soon. review of WandaVision. What are your thoughts of the MCU's first limited series on Disney Plus? We want to hear from you. Join the conversation on Facebook, facebook.com slash Disney Marvel's podcast or Facebook group, facebook group slash uh, facebook.com slash group slash Disney Marvel's podcast. Find us on Instagram at Disney Marvel's podcast and on the Twitter at Disney Marvel's. You can also email the show with your answers or suggestions to DisneyMarvels at gmail.com. You can leave us a voice message. Love to hear your voice messages. Through the Anchor app and or website. Links to those are in the show notes. Or do it on your smart device and email it to DisneyMarvels at gmail.com. And we will post it on the show. Hear yourself on the show. Be part of the show. Make sure to visit the Disney Marvels blog, DisneyMarvels.blogspot.com. I also want to thank you for your time. You know, a little time we have. I know we say this every week, but it's true. It really means a lot that we get to spend this time together. It. I just feel we keep getting closer and closer together, even though we may not have met. We, we have this connection. And it means a lot to me. It really does. It does me a lot of good to know that we have this connection. And I appreciate you. I appreciate every week that you download and listen, or even just download. It means so much to me. Thank you, thank you, thank you. And like I said, the reviews, the reviews on iTunes, and still it's all five stars. Please, if you haven't given the show a rating yet, please just take a couple of moments, go out there, put the review up. If you you don't do a- Apple Podcasts, that's fine too. Tell other people. Just let other people know about the Disney Marvel podcast. It just helps the family grow because the bigger the Disney family, the better it is. Walt believed in a big family, so do I. Don't forget to subscribe to the show while you're at it. This way you always know when a new episode is posted. Sometimes they get delayed in production and it takes a little longer for it to come out. But while you're at it, also consider becoming a premium subscriber to help really help the show out. Unfortunately, not all this is free. You can do this over at anchor.fm slash disneymarvels slash support or find our Patreon page. Links to those are in the show notes. Because remember, this show is brought to you by listeners like you. Whatever you're facing out there, whatever troubles, is your life like Wanda's or is... We all have something going on. And I'm not saying we all understand or we're all in the same situation. But believe in yourself. I know the time may seem dark. And things may seem difficult. But look deep inside of you and find that light. Embrace that light that you have inside of you. Because that light is what matters. That light is you. Not the darkness. Not the demons. Not the things weighing you down. But the light that's going to lift you up and make you shine. That's the important stuff. That's the stuff to believe in and to listen to. Listen to the light and let it guide you because it will guide you in fantastic directions and where you're meant to go. And not always
always be where you want to go. But you gotta go where you meant to go. And things will be better. I promise you. Believe in yourself as I believe in you. Be your own hero. Never give up. Never give in. I'll end this week's show with a quote from Walt Disney himself. Television and the changes it has brought about in the motion picture industry have provided an exciting new stimulus to our creative efforts. We are now able to work closer than or closer to the entertainment appetite of the public, much closer than when most of our production was animation and had to be planned in anticipation of the public's mood and market conditions well into the future. This change of pace has been very good for us, I believe, and our whole organization has gained in versatility and efficiency because of it. And that's from Walt Disney. Thank you again, everyone, for listening, and I'll see you next time. Next.